Hello, hello, hello. I'm your host, Drew. I'm BJ. And this is the Lowdown Sports Show, where we get the lowdown on all things basketball. This show is typically streamed live on Twitch, but today we're on Facebook at fb.gg backslash the Drew League. This channel is partnered with Gamer Advantage, Artesian Builds, Canva, and TeePublic. Gamer Advantage is the first clinically proven lens to stop the suppression of melatonin so that you can get a better night's rest. They also offer prescriptions. Get yours today and use code THEDREW at checkout. Artisan Builds is ready to build your next PC live on Twitch and have it shipped to you within a week. Get up to $100 off by visiting their website using code THEDREWLEAGUE at checkout. DM them and they'll optimize based on your budget. Canva makes design amazingly simple and fun. Create stunning designs with your photos and videos, even if you're not a design expert. Whether you need an Instagram story, logo maker, or birthday invitation, create all these graphic design needs and more on Canva. TeePublic is the world's largest marketplace for independent creators to sell their work on the highest quality merchandise. Check out the merch through the shop link on this page to support this podcast. And guys, we are here to get the lowdown today from a man who is a writer for Hoop Mag. And he is the host of the Dunks and Discourse podcast. His name is Josh Everly. How you doing, Josh? Doing well. I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on, brother. No problem, man. Appreciate you being here, man. Appreciate you, man. Uh, what we want to get into first before we dig into the basketball aspect, you know, some people know you, some people don't. So we want to let the people know the inner workings of Josh, not just what he does. So how did Josh... How did you get into your career and what made you choose to, you know, kind of live your life and your career through basketball? Oh, man, I don't know. I just uh, I came out a little bit funny as a Canadian. I never quite liked skates. I liked Air Force Ones and I just I went a different way, man. I walked a different path. And uh, yeah, I don't know. It's not easy being like the biggest basketball fan from Calgary, Alberta, but just kind of hacked away and I remember being like 15 16 years old and being that annoying kid who was uh emailing like slam editors and SI editors and being like hey I'd love to intern for you man like <laughs> is there any way I could do anything for you guys like this stupid teenager in Canada can I get involved in any way and just slowly you know made connections and uh stuck with it and was a was a forum goof long before Twitter NBA Twitter was a thing and Kind of found a role with uh, Sportsnet up here, and then Dime Magazine, you know, broke me in, and kind of been humming ever since. Nice, nice man. You know, everybody's path is different when it comes to when it comes to this life, and you know, doing sports, how you got here, why you got here, and it's always interesting to know the stories of everybody who is in and around the game of basketball, because you know, you meet you meet different people from all over the world. So we always we always like to get to know who you are, why you got to do what you do uh, before we get into, you know, the basketball aspects that we talk to talk about on here. Uh, uh, BJ. Yes. Uh, you said you, you said you had something specific you wanted to ask Josh today. Well, okay. If we're going to go ahead and break down, uh, get into some basketball talk, uh, I wanted to kind of get into something a little bit topical. That's a little close to home for me. I've been a lifelong Mavs fan uh, and, you know, watching their performance the other night, 
uh, up in Denver was one of those kind of things where it's like, you know, hey, this team may be a lot different than we've seen in years past where they're winning these kinds of games that they used to be losing the past couple of years. Is that the this the, that aspect of, and we'll, we'll talk more about Denver here uh, in, in just a minute, is that uh, that game from the other night for the Mavericks, is that something that you could see them using that experience and that kind of atmosphere uh, to help them potentially even make a deep playoff run? Um, you know, like I, I don't know that like they were still. I don't know that this is a te- that this is a team that he, like every team at this point in the NBA that's been in the playoffs thinks that they're probably ahead of where they are. I mean, it comes with the territory, but I think because like what Luca last year in the playoffs, we just saw a guy who acted like he'd been there before. And having the international experience that he does and playing on the stages that he has, like, I'm just not sure that that's the worry for me. You know, like, I, I think about, like, what is Chris? This team has the guts and, and Luca has the talent to win them those games late. It's about, like, can Kristaps and Luca get together and have some positive minutes on the floor come the playoffs? Because I think, you know, we never truly saw Luca and KP prove that they could play great minutes together. And that, that's going to take this team from playoff team that can win a big playoff game in a big moment to team that can win playoff series, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and that's something that with KP still being injured and, and maybe out for, for a little bit of time, something that we've seen, uh, you know, the development of, of guys like Maxi Kleber has been, you know, uh, having him in that kind of role in the meantime has has kind of just said, hey, you know, the Mavs have more than just these two guys. I mean, you know, they're looking for maybe that third superstar, but they've also got some great uh, utility players that can make them very dangerous. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, Mavs are in this weird situation where, like Tim Hardaway Jr., for example, was a guy last year, felt like he had a career season, was doing a good job when he was asked to create some offense. I think he career high 40 best, 40% from three. You know, like, Mass fans were pretty hard on him at times. I never really, like, he can only be the best that he can be. Like, the best version of Tim Hardaway Jr. is still Tim Hardaway Jr. It's not Kobe Bryant, right? And I think same thing with Dorian Finney-Smith. Like, people were looking at Dorian Finney-Smith. Like, can he be, like, the next or a better version of Robert Covington or whoever? But, like, the fact of the matter is the Mavs have some good role players. They need Kristaps Porzingis to be that second star because there's nobody else on the roster to do that. Yeah, Hardaway went off for 36 tonight uh, in their win over Orlando. So that's uh, that's something that was uh, really good to see him come in and have a big performance. Man, I had uh, I had Tim and I had Trey, who I think was like 11 of 13 off the bench in daily fantasy today, and I still I still don't think I'm going to cash, man. That the, the game is tough. <laughs> man, the game is tough. Yeah. Oh, it is. Dude, and I, I was watching that spread. I actually didn't know the Mav game had finished already by now, but I watched Timmy get that 16 in the third after the Mavs started ice cold. So it's great to see him start to get those get those bursts and you know not just be that microwave that we know about Timmy instead of and and just become legitimate you know a legitimate threat out there night in and night out now. Yeah. Obviously, things are so different right now with uh, you know DFS and, and Richardson and Brunson were all out tonight and. They were shorthanded, but it seems like Rick's in the process of making some changes, you know, bringing Tim Hardaway Jr. off the bench for a couple games. And I, I do think that's going to be a good fit for him. I, I, I think with the amount that Luka controls the ball and the offense, and when Kristaps comes back, there just weren't going to be a lot of opportunities for Tim to do anything other than catch and shoot. So 
hopefully with him in like that buddy heel type role where he's just the plays are all drawn up for him when he's out there. I, I think he'll be maximized. My worry is having watched Josh Richardson shoot, you know, pretty terribly to start the year, DFS pretty streaky. Is there going to be enough shooting in that lineup alongside Luca and KP down the stretch? And I mean, watching Seth Curry hit literally every shot that he's taken this season kind of hurts. <laughs> Just a yeah, touch. Right? Right. The man is actually going crazy. I looked at his stats the other day, and it's, he's like 17 a game right now, and still he might. I think he's shooting better than he was last year. So great to see Seth still hooping, but I wish it was for us like it was last year. For sure, um, isn't he shooting like 60 percent from three or something ridiculous to start the year? Yes, that sounds right. Yes. Yeah, uh, on like six threes, like it, it's unbelievable. It's incredible. Yeah. Right, and you know I follow you on Twitter, obviously, and if guys, if you guys are not following Josh, make sure you. Follow him on Twitter. His at is literally his name, at Josh Everly on Twitter. Make sure you go give him a follow. Uh, he's always got great content. Um, wanted to bring this up, you know, talking about, and I know you've seen this in the past few days, and you've seen the discussion on it on social media, the MVP rankings. Uh, I saw who your MVP is. I'm not going to bring it up. I'm going to let you do it. <laughs> and uh, com- uh, what are your thoughts on on that MVP that you've selected so far for the season? And the in, the top three MVP uh, rankings that they put out so far with LeBron at the top spot, Luca right behind that, and amazingly enough, Paul George. Yeah, I mean, I'll just say like to that, like credit to Paul George who like he took the tongue lashings, uh, like the Twitter lashing of Twitter lashing after the yeah. playoffs <laughs> last year. My man got like I swear at some point in the off season, I had just had enough, and I like I'm, I like uh, jokes are greater than facts. I have a good time. But, like, I just woke up one day in the offseason. I was like, my God, man, if you didn't watch hoops, you'd think that Paul George was, like, J.R. Smith or Dion Waiters. Like, you would think that this guy was just straight trash shooting three of 15 every game. But, like, good for him. He's out there hooping. Um, his comment about, you know, the league should watch out because he's back with this trainer that he had his MVP season with, even though he's never had an MVP season, um, is peak Paul George shenanigans. But uh, good for him, man. No, I was, you know, like, I, I just think, you know, obviously you're hinting at it. Like I said on uh, Twitter, I think yesterday, the day before, like, honest to God, if we voted after eight games, and like, we would never vote after eight games, but it's just the, the talking point of the day, I, w- I would vote for Nikola Jokic. Like, it just felt like, even though that team is under 500, he is, the weight that he is carrying for the Nuggets right now is just ridiculous, man. And like, coming today to this game against Philly, he was averaging like 24, 12, and 12 shooting just ridiculous percentages from the field. They can't guard anybody, but he's still keeping them in all these games. Now, I, I have a lot of faith in Denver, too. Like, I, I don't think this is indicative of who they are over the 72-game season. I still think they're a playoff team. I think they're going to be competitive. But they need to figure out the defense, man, because even watching Tyrese Maxey and Shouts the rookie today just shelling them. But, like, the Sixers' backup backup squad was out there today, and it was too competitive in that first half, man. Denver's got to figure out the D. Yeah, right. The Sixers ended up pulling that out, didn't they? No. 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 Nuggets did, like, second half of the third quarter, Nuggets started to take care of business. But, like, yeah. okay. you know, you, you, can't, you can't mess around and let, you know, Tyrese Maxey and uh, Dwight and I don't even know, Dakota Johnson, is that his name? I like, don't even know. Like, guys who had never had NBA minutes were shooting, like, seven, like Danny Green was running point guard for them at times. Um, yeah, that, that should not have been a contest. Yeah, the the Nuggets, when I was looking up the standings to uh, 
to bring this up in the discussion today. I was surprised at their positioning. I know I know it's early, but still, you think you think Denver Nuggets. Denver Nuggets have been the top of the Western Conference for the past few years. So when you see that, even that rough start, it's kind of like, whoa, what's going on here? But they are missing. You know, you're talking about their their defense, and this guy doesn't help that, but he sure does help their offense. That's Michael Porter Jr. And uh, him being out right now is is a blow to the Nuggets. But uh, that defensive uh, that defensive problem that you're talking about is something that they that they have to fix. I mean, they're in the West; they can't afford to not be able to defend. You see what's happening to Washington and Bradley Beal saying that they can't defend a parked car. So uh, definitely got to get some defense out there for the Nuggets. Yeah, and like I don't know what that fix is, man. And I was talking to my Nuggets guy today, and I was like, they got to make some changes in that lineup because. Michael Porter Jr. is coming back. He is someone they want to lean on. They're a team that should maybe should probably have the best offense in the NBA. When you think about Michael Porter Jr., Nikola Jokic having an MVP type year, Jamal Murray, the way he was playing coming out of the bubble, he's been, you know, up and down to start. But, you know, Gary Harris was a guy four years ago where you were hearing about how he's one of the youngest guys in the league at 21 or 22 years old. He's averaging 17 a game, shooting 40% from three, getting heralded as one of the best up-and-coming 3-and-D players in the league. He's just broke. And I, I don't know if it's the injuries or what happened, but he just he went from shooting 40% over two seasons to I think he's at like 27 or 28% the last three. Like Gary Harris is not the guy that they hoped he would be. He's not long. I think maybe like getting P.J. Dozier in there, giving Jermichael Green some minutes, Paul Millsap's getting up there in age, you know, isn't moving like he used to. they got to make some changes to that lineup to be able to defend a little bit better because MPJ comes back, that defense is not getting better. So they got to figure that out some other way. And um, as far as those top three MVP rankings, though, we talked about Paul George. What are the thoughts on the positioning of, of LeBron at number one and Luka up there in the second spot? And... Um, are you surprised to not see Giannis up there? Yeah, I mean, that's the crazy thing, right? Like, the Nuggets are 4-5, and five, and the Mavs are now 5-4. and four. So, like, has Luka been better than, than Jokic to start the year? Like, as a Mavs fan, I say no. Luka can't – like, Luka, like the only man who can guard Luka is Luka when he decides he wants to shoot 35 feet from three. I saw that. Like, <laughs> Luka, like honest to God, like, he just – 64% at the rim or something like that. He draws free throws like a crazy MFR, But, man, he just has this deep desire to hit step-back threes that he can't hit. Um, but, like, honestly, like, I don't think he's been better than Jokic. Jokic is even in that, in that top five. I'm excited for Luka. He's going to be one of the best players in this league. There was a reason he was the MVP favorite coming to the season. But just on the reel, he came in out of shape. He's shooting worse. We were hoping he'd be shooting better. The team isn't, you know, at the top of the conference. I, I think that's a tough call for him at number two. And, like, LeBron James, dare I say, it's like an uninspired pick. It's like, hey, the Lakers are 7-2, and two, and, you know, 80s missed a couple games, and LeBron's still LeBron, so let's give him the top spot. Which, like, maybe it's a year. Maybe it's a year where nobody just pulls away from the pack and LeBron finally gets that fifth MVP. I could see it. Um, but, yeah, I, I, don't think, I don't think this will stay like this for long. I agree. I agree, uh, and especially, you know, about Luka, uh, not used to him. You know, just when you talked about that's the one thing that he needed to add to his game was be a better shooter, along with defense, which everybody knows about. But to, to have the one thing that we definitely thought was going to be fixed at least in a year, or at least somewhat, the shooting, and it's just it, – it's not it's not where it needs to be right now. And like you said, he's shooting those step-back threes that he wants to make, but he's not making um, – 
You know, and I think that's the Mavs' Mavs' downfall right now. Even though five and four is not terrible for for everything that's going on in the West right now, but it could be better. Uh, granted, they don't have Kristaps Porzingis, but I think they're about where they would be anyway right now with the way that the Mavs are playing as a unit, because uh, they should have more wins than they have right now. But that's uh, in in the LeBron situation is you know if if the Nuggets don't pick it up, then uh, uh, Jokic won't pop up in that top part of the conversation and it will be one of those years that you know maybe the only thing that affects you know Jokic winning the MVP is the Nuggets record but then again if you go back a few years ago and how Russell Westbrook got it it may not it may not but then go ahead well that's kind of interesting too right like if we get to 30 games in and let's say the Nuggets are like 13 and 17 and they have continued to look extremely mid given the talent they have the narrative will switch. People will change up from Jokic's triple doubles are incredible to, well, maybe Jokic is just putting up empty stats. Because right. we saw that happen with Russell Westbrook. And, like, it's not entirely the same because Jokic is hitting his shots at a lot higher rate and they're running through, you know, they're, they have a more talented team around him. But, like, you know, fair is fair. If you're a guy that people thought could win MVP, you're a team, you know, it's coming off a conference finals run, expected to get better. And you're not winning. I mean, conversations are going to be had. Yeah, right. Definitely, I agree for sure. And guys, thank everybody for tuning in right now. Uh, we're here with Mr. Josh Everly. And guys, we've been talking with Josh for a little bit. We're going to take a quick break though, and then we're going to come right back into the stream here with Josh. We're going to close it out with a few more questions for Josh, and we're going to play a new game that we're incorporating here over on the Lowdown Podcast. Stay tuned, guys. We'll be right back here on the Lowdown. And we are back here, guys, on the Low Down Sports Show. Guys, we just got done asking Josh about how he got into his career, talking about the rankings in the MVP race. BJ wanted to know some stuff about our Mavericks. And we are back here and continuing the conversation. So what we want to dive into right here with Josh before we before we let him go, guys, we want to ask him about his opinion on these early team surprises. I went through the list of the Eastern Conference and the Western Conference, looking at where some people are, some people, some teams that are too high, some teams that are too low. And we want to get his thoughts on where these, if these guys are going to stay in this little area that they are in, in the conference, or if they're going to, if they're going to move up, move down. Let me see what Josh thinks here. All right, Josh, so early team surprises for me looking down the roster. I'm going to go from Eastern Conference to Western Conference. Uh, records are probably a little bit different depending on who played tonight. So I'm not going to say record. I'm just going to say the, the seeding placement in the Eastern Conference. The Indiana Pacers, as of earlier today, and I think they lost today, so they are now three seed in the Western Conference, I guess, and they are six and three. The Knicks as well. Knicks, uh, in the, they were the five seed last I checked this morning. They might be the four or the six. I think they lost their last. They're the sixth seed now, okay? The Milwaukee Bucks, don't know if they pulled it out tonight. Did they pull it out tonight, BJ? They pulled it out tonight. They're six and four. Five seed, they might be the four seed now after that win. Uh, oh, they're still the five seed, okay? The Washington Wizards at... Two and I believe now eight. I think they lost again. So two and eight. They are the dead last seed in the Eastern Conference. 
On the west side of things, the Phoenix Suns, who are now, I believe, 7-3, and three, and they won tonight. Uh, they are the number two seed in the West. With the they're, tie- they're tied for the first seed with the Lakers now. because of that Ah, one. they're tied for number one in the West. The Golden State Warriors at 5-4. Uh, and four, Or is it 6-4 and four now? 5-4? and four? Okay. And they are the five seed in the Western Conference. And the Denver Nuggets with your boy Nikola Jokic. And they are four in five now. And before this before this win tonight, they were 13th in the West. They're probably not higher than 11th right now. Let's just go with 11th in the Western Conference. They're not in playoff contention. What are your thoughts on these surprise teams, whether it be a good surprise or a bad surprise? Um, so on that end, I think, well, I mean, that's a lot of teams all at once. Let's, let's go back to these. So you mentioned Indiana. I wasn't high on Indiana coming into the season. Um, you know, some of the the weird stuff that was going on with Victor Oladipo, you know, some of those rumors about him allegedly asking other teams if he could, like, hoop with them, whatever, was was off-putting. You know, Malcolm Brogdon, after a hot start last year, is pretty banged up. I wondered where he'd be at. Um, felt like they needed to move one of Miles Turner to Montez Sabonis to kind of come to the modern NBA, play one big a little bit more often. But I've been, you know, uh, pleasantly wrong. Like, the Indiana Pacers series have been fun to watch. Malcolm Brogdon has been excellent. Um, you know, the knock on him in Milwaukee was that he could not create his own his own shot. He's scoring at a high rate. He's getting his own threes at a high rate. Uh, Sabonis has been one of those guys who's probably on the back end of the MVP conversation to start. Miles Turner's really embraced that defensive role. And, you know, now that he knows that's what he's doing, like, I think he's at eight blocks, like, two or three times already start the year, like, He's doing his job. Um, I'm buying stock in the Pacers. Like, I think they're going to be a top four seed. I was wrong on them. Orlando is not a team I'm buying any stock in. You know, congrats to them on the good start. It's unfortunate that Markel Fultz, that injury to him was re- really sad to see. Sad. Sorry for him after the, you know, the upturn in his career. But I, I think the Magic are going to fall pretty hard here. I think the Knicks will fall too. But I think this is who they will be all year. Like, I think Tibbs is going to do Tibbs things. Um, Barrett and Randall are going to play insane minutes. They're going to continue to have a lot of fantasy value. They're going to be competitive in games where they probably shouldn't be. They're probably not going to be a playoff team, but the Knicks aren't going to be somebody you can roll over every night. I think if you're a Knicks fan, that's that's not a bad spot to be after, you know, the last however many years of punishment you've taken. Um, looking over to the West, you mentioned, I think the first team you mentioned in the Western Conference was the Phoenix Suns. I had Phoenix at number two coming into the year, man. Like a Chris Paul is somewhat still underrated to me in, in, on the grand scheme. Like, that guy just puts winners together. Like, you, he just gets the best out of guys. I and I don't know if they'll be healthy come the playoffs. Like, I, I can't promise that. That's, Chris Paul's had problems with durability his whole career. I don't know where they're going to be at. But, like, Mikhail Bridges is hooping. DeAndre Ayton's in that most improved player compa- uh, conversation. Devin Booker hasn't looked great yet, man. He hasn't even been book like the bubble book that we saw we haven't seen him and he's turning the ball over a ton he's not you know shooting at the same rate that he was but like they're still at the top of the conference which kind of tells me that when booker figures things out they're going to reach another level um warriors man i i think similar to the knicks but this is where the warriors are going to be but there's going to be nights where steph goes crazy dre's in the lineup you know wiggins is hitting his shots they're figuring some things out 
Um, I think they're going to be in that 7-8 spot for the playoffs come the end of the year. Like, they're going to have to fight to be there. They're not going to walk on people, but they're not going to fall out entirely. And I mentioned Denver earlier in the show, man, to your point on that. I, I got to believe in the talent there. Like, And I swear it's not just because I'm Canadian. I'm really pulling for Jamal Murray to do some special things. Like, there's, there's definitely some heartstrings attached, but just the way they – how resilient they were in the playoffs last year and, like, the leaps that guys on that team looked like they made – I can't, I can't see him getting held down that long. And um, I think one that we, we slid by real here, uh, real quick, the Wizards. Um, didn't expect them to be this colossally bad that they are right now. Expected a little bit better, maybe floating around the bottom of the playoff race. But they, they're pretty terrible right now outside of Bradley Beal. Westbrook, you know, he started his first, I think, five games with a triple-double, but didn't mean anything. I think they won one of them, maybe. And, you know, he's still been shooting awful since. And, you know, Josh has something that he's put on his social media about uh, so many points in so many shots. The uh, Russell Westbrook is one of those players. I believe his was, I want to say, 100 points on 100 shots, something like that. Typical Westbrook, but pr- pretty terrible out there in Washington. And I expected it to be rough, but not that bad. What about you, Josh? BJ? Who, who want to go first? That's a question. Either or. I'll let our guests go first. Um, you know what? I, I think... I think I had them ninth in my preseason prediction. I didn't think they'd be this bad either. Um, it's disappointing, man. It's it's disappointing for Beal, who, like, he obviously is probably itching to play some competitive games. It's also disappointing for Russell Westbrook because as easy as it is to make jokes at his expense and talk about the fact that, you know, he lowers your ceiling as a championship contender because of how he plays basketball, and I think there's some validity to that. Some of the stuff that that man does, nobody else has been able to do the last 10 years. And it's sad to see him going out as like a joke of himself. And I, I don't even think he's been that terrible in Washington. But the guy just, he, he's, he brings it all on that, on that rebound and push and transition and offense. You don't see him on defense, man. He gets lost all the time on screens. He doesn't fight through anything. And yeah, I think it was 105, 105 points on 105 shots. Like there was a time, man, like 2013, 14, 15, like Russ could 16, 17 feet from the basket, he was he was instant. He had a nice little pull up jumper, mid range shot. It's just gone, man. I don't know if it's the knees or what, because the athleticism you still see it, but like he just can't shoot. And uh, it's it's unfortunate for Washington fans who were kind of you know they weren't asking the world, but I think the Wizards were very much would have been thrilled to be the eight seed, get to see some playoff basketball, be excited about this team moving forward, the rookies they have, uh, Denny Odia, and then uh, the sophomore and Rui. You know, a little bit of growth from them would have been icing on the cake, but unfortunately, it looks like another year where they're tanking. Yeah, I was going to say I agree with that. Um, you know, I I thought Washington uh, with that John Wall trade kind of got the the shorter end of the stick, if you will, but I thought that they'd still be at least a little bit more competitive than they have been thus far, uh, especially when you consider you know uh, Bradley Beal and and how underrated and undervalued he's been. Uh, you know, when John Wall was getting pretty much all the attention in Washington and Bradley Beal was, was still doing his thing, uh, you know, I, I, you know, personally, I think that they, you know, part of the problem that they've had is, is their depth. And, uh, you know, they, they were shorthanded uh, again today in their loss to Boston. Um, 
I think if they can if they can get reasonably healthy, it, it may not be a little, you know too late for them to try to get back in the playoff race. But they got to get healthy quick, and otherwise it, it may you know like you said just be another uh, season of tanking. Throwback to the time when Russell Westbrook used to care about defense, man. And it used to be somebody you actually watched out for defensively. He cared a little bit back then, you know, in 13 and 14, like Josh was talking about. He cared about both ends of the floor. But now, I don't know. But, you know, Washington, you know, like you said, not not getting what you wanted from Denny, who was actually my rookie of the year pick coming into this year. Uh, Rui, I mean, you know, did a little bit. He started out injured, though, so you give him a slight bit of a doubt, but not really. Uh, Washington really has no excuse to be as bad as they are. They shouldn't be a bottom of the Eastern Conference team. Um, but I know we're running short on time here, so we're going to hop into this new game that we're sliding over here. Guys, new game over here. I know, well, I actually don't know this. Uh, Josh may, I don't know if he's uh, a fan of the show or ever watched the show, Jalen and Jacoby, more than likely. I know a lot of people have. So you know the uh, hit the brakes or keep it moving game that they play over there. And we're we're spicing that up in the same sense over here, and we're gonna we're calling this one win it or quit it. Are you with it or are you going to quit it? And we got five questions we want to ask you. Let, let me know uh, if, you, if you're with it or if you want to quit it and why. And we're going to run through these really quick for you, Josh, and we'll see what your thoughts are here. Okay. Number one, the Suns finished the season as a top four seed in the West. With it or quit it? Yeah, I'm with it, man. I think, I think so. Like, um, you know what? They're a calculated team, man. This is a strategic team. This isn't the Suns of last year who were running on fumes when they were hot and they were piecing it together when they're cold, man. Like their young guys have gotten a little bit older. They've matured. Chris Paul's leadership in, in that locker room and how he slows the game down when they got to. I know we haven't exactly seen that in fourth quarters from them yet, but man, I I, I think that's safe. I feel really safe. All right, on to number two. The New York Knicks make the playoffs. Win it or quit it? I, w- I want to be with it. I, I, I want to be. I want to. I want everyone to see what a baller RJ Barrett is and how cold he can be on that big stage. Because I've seen it. I've seen it when he sent you Americans home, man. But like, I'm. I can't. I got. I gotta. Qu- I gotta <laughs> quit it. I'm sorry, RJ. I believe in you, Julius Randle. I'm sorry, Tibbs. I'm sorry, Frank Nielakina. Frankie Smokes. You're my guy still. I may or may not have had you top three of my draft board still licking my wounds, but nah, New York, I can't. I can't. I just don't see it for the whole year. Number three, Christian Wood as the most improved player this season. Win it or quit it? Man, that's a good one, too. That's a good one, too, because, like, Harden last season was, like, 15 isolation possessions a game. Watching Houston was just watching Harden be like, clear, clear, clear. And now he's done. Instead of doing that, he's, he's cut those in half, man. And he's like, he's just hit, hooking them up, pick and roll. He's finding them. Woods average like, what, 20-something a game? 24 think, and 10. 24 and 10, man, yeah. I'm going to say, I'll, I'll say quit it because essentially it's like Wood versus mm-hmm. the field. But he's probably the favorite right now. He's a strong pick. All right, now number four. Giannis Antetokounmpo, three-peat as the MVP. Win it or quit it? I was thinking about this, like, the other day. I was like, 
was watching the Bucks play. I think it was their seventh game of the season. Giannis had like a quiet like thirty-two and ten or something, and I'm like, I haven't seen a single Giannis tweet on the timeline. Like, and I'm on. You guys know, like, I am on Twitter too much, man. Like, it's like food, oxygen, Twitter, and like, <laughs> I was thinking about. It, I'm like. There's just people don't love Giannis, man. Like they just don't ride for Giannis, and I feel like it's not fair because technically, what happens in the playoffs stays in the playoffs. It's not supposed to affect the MVP vote, but like I feel like media are looking at like him kind of like a little bit like he's a fraud. Like until I see you win with this competitive team, we're not going to give you any more love for dunks in the regular season. We're not going to give you any more love for 29-15. Like we got to see it when it matters. I feel like that's impacting people's opinion of him. So I, I'm going to say quit it. There's no way he wins that third MVP this year. And last but not least, number five. The NBA sees expansion in the next two years. With it, quit it. I'm going to quit it by a year. I, I think not 2021, not 21, 22. But possibly the back end of 23, we, we might see that team. And the spice on that is like, maybe it's not an expansion. Maybe the expansion is agreed to, but we see Minnesota purchased and moved to Seattle. Because I'm thinking like, if you're like, Minnesota's been on sale for a few years. Nice. And if you see two expansion teams coming, you're trying to buy the Timberwolves. Maybe you're like, I'm going to get in on there right now on the Seattle market before somebody else takes a new team there. I'm just going to move the Wolves. I already got Carl Anthony Towns. I just got the number one pick in Anthony Edwards. I think I can sell that way better to the fan base than, you know, an expansion draft where Otto Porter is my best player to start the year. So that would be that. That's my spice on that one. So what do you, I guess you kind of already answered it. So what do you think is more likely a team in the NBA being sold for the Seattle Supersonics or the addition of the Seattle Supersonics and another expansion team to make it an even 34. 34. Um, I think we'll we'll land at 32. I think what will happen is somewhere in the next three to four years, Minnesota will sell. I think Minnesota will probably move. And then I think that they will still add two. And I know like Vancouver, Montreal, Canada, Canada, Uh, (laughs) Kansas City, Louisville, like all those names you've been hearing, I, w- I would guess it's a one-in-one situation. Tampa Bay even, maybe, with the success of how Toronto does down there this year. You see how the Raptors been playing in Tampa Bay? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Can't be giving Tampa Bay a team. I am curious, though, if you do do the selling of the Minnesota Timberwolves and you insert the Seattle Supersonics, how enticing is that for NBA players right now, whether it be free agents or not, to find their way to Seattle? You know, does Kevin Durant miss Seattle? Does he want to leave Brooklyn if it doesn't work out? Does Jeff Green want to go back to Seattle? Um, do other players want to go make things happen in Seattle? You know, hometown people want to go make things happen. Does Isaiah Thomas, you know, go play in Seattle? Uh, how does that look from in from the NBA landscape point of view? as far as how attractive that is compared to, you know, a Minnesota Timberwolves or whatever else is available. Well, like, (laughs) Minnesota is, uh, I think, of Fargo, which is an excellent show, excellent TV show. But murder and and cold weather don't exactly sell an NBA franchise to uh, prospective free agents. And, like, 
They've had one playoff run since KG left. Is that like I think it's one in sixteen or something like that? Like, and it was the first pretty, round out. Yeah, and then and then the whole Jimmy Butler debacle after the fact. I think sports fandom is wild like this. We're like, there's no other product. Like, let's say you were buying a vacuum from this company and you bought it and it didn't work, and the next year you bought another one from them and it didn't work. You did that. 15 of 16 years, this vacuum doesn't work. Like, you'd just be like, I'm never buying a vacuum from these people again. But people keep going back to this timber. Like, at some point, something's got to give, man. You're not the Knicks. People aren't riding riding for the Wolves like they ride for the Knicks. Like, I think this franchise is, if they don't figure out this year or next year with the kind of the cast that they've had, the amount of high draft picks they had, like, who's, who's believing in this team? Bad teams stay bad. I agree. Agree completely. BJ, any last minute questions for Josh before we let him get on out of here? I did have one. Um, I was going to say right now there's a little bit of a log jam if you look at the Western Conference in that four to seven range with uh, you got Golden State, Utah, Dallas, and San Antonio. Out of those four teams, are you with it or are you going to quit it that one of those teams misses the playoffs and which team do you think would be the most likely to miss the playoffs? You know what I'm going to say? Is that what you're saying? You know what I'm going to say? Oh, I said pick me. I've got it. I got it. Go ahead. I, 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 you know, Greg Popovich, uh, DeMar DeRozan, Keldon Johnson, LaMarcus, the mid-range Aldridge. Get your asses out of here, man. Come on. They're not. They're, they're done. Spurs, <laughs> had, Spurs had two decades, man. Keldon is, Keldon is nice. Patty Mills is my guy. FIBA Mills is the man, but, like, come on. It's time for the Spurs to back up. I don't think they got the talent. I don't think they got the legs. He said it all for me. I don't even have to say anything. He's exactly right. 100% on all of it. The mid-range, Aldridge, hook them. It don't even matter. Spurs ain't making it. Spurs ain't making it. They're on the outside looking in, looking ahead to 2022. Spurs are irrelevant for this, for this playoff season. Oh, man. Josh, thanks so much for coming on today. We had a great talk, you know, all things basketball, talking about how you started your MVP rankings. You got Jokic up there. He's They're going to get up there. I have faith in that. And, uh, you know, played our first game of Witted or Quitted over here with you. Thanks for being the one to break that in for us. And, you know, talk about the early team surprises in the NBA, Josh. If you guys have not already followed Josh on Twitter, make sure you guys follow Josh at Josh Eberly on Twitter. Go follow him. I don't know if he's put out his lines of the night for tonight, but he will soon. And some other crazy tweets. Go follow him. Make sure you check him out, man. Thanks for having me, boys. Appreciate it. Appreciate you, my man. And, guys, that is the end of the show for today. That's going to be it for the Lowdown Episode 4. We will see you guys again next time. We out.